Hi everyone, welcome to the Better Right Show in conjunction with betterright.com, a brand new website that brings the football data to your door. Each week we will update you on the key numbers and metrics that you need uh, to help you bet better and show off in front of your mates. So make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast and get involved with us at betterright.com. Dean Selby is alongside me as always and Dean, I think the first... Um, talking point is about the Premier League title race because it it's well I'm going to ask you is it going to go down to the wire it looks like it is yeah I think it is I was looking at the games like say hello to everybody welcome for this week looking at the games after the game the other night against uh, Man United where Liverpool were absolutely unbelievable and Man United were pathetic Uh, Paul Pogba five minutes in thinking I'll have a little not really interested in this going to be a bit of a hard game I'll have a bit of a snooze and I was looking at the games and I'm thinking, I don't really see any games where Man City drop points. Potentially Villa last game of the season. Uh, Gerard wearing his Liverpool kit underneath his suit, trying to help them win the league. And then you look at Liverpool, maybe Spurs at home, maybe, you know, Everton. I just don't see Man City dropping points. Maybe West Ham away, potentially, if they're fighting to get into Europe still. But yeah, I think it's going to go down to the wire. But I, I do see City winning the league. Really? Yeah, I do. Just the games that are left. You look at City, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Wolves, Villa last game of the season. They're on a terrible run. Nothing to play for. Liverpool, Everton, Newcastle, Spurs, Villa, Wolves and Southampton. And I'd I'd say that City have got the easier run in there. I think when they look back on it, that probably that City-Liverpool game that was two and a brilliant game to watch for the neutral, which I, I kind of hate people saying that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they might, Liverpool might look back on it and go, "That was our chance to win the league, and we we weren't able to win that." And that probably put paid to it. Well, you know, I'm sure Gerard will be getting lots of messages if it does go down to the last game of the season. He's the massive villain, obviously, in in Liverpool, in small parts for slipping over against Chelsea. So let's just hope that he keeps his feet on the touchline in that game and maybe gets him a a little result. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a, a great title race. What a game the other night. Uh, I just send my condolences, as I do sometimes on the show, to, to Ten Hag going into Man United. Good luck with that, mate. Uh, three-year deal with an option of another one. We'll see how long he lasts. Apparently, he's got two hundred million to spend. Well, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if spending's the problem. I think he's just got to clear the decks, right? He's got to get rid of some of the players that are there. They're clearly not interested. And I don't know whether that's Ranić. I don't know whether that's a hangover from the previous manager, but. They're not good enough. Whether they're interested or not, it's irrelevant. They're, they're just not good enough, aren't they? No, no, I agree with you. Fullback's a massive problem. They need to re-energise centre midfield. Bringing Matic in is not going to help with that. Paul Pogba's not going to help with that. Bruno Fernandes can only play if it's an empty stadium uh, or he's taking the odd penalty. Uh, Ronaldo's obviously 37. Uh, you've got some young players in the group that really haven't justified their price tag. Sancho, Alanga, looks like he, he may be one for the future. Centre-half is a problem, as we've talked about a lot. So, yeah, across the whole board, really, it, it needs a complete clean-out and, and to start again. But they do have Phil Jones. Phil Jones is back. So, that first game in three years. The I'm only feel. player in Man U over the last three years that doesn't deserve any criticism is the man who's been criticised the most in the last three years, and that's Phil Jones. And he's been criticised for sitting on the touchline. The memes, the gifts, everything. He's done nothing. He's the only player that deserves praise in Manchester United, I think. Well, he's done a little bit because he keeps doing that stupid face whenever he does a header or a pass. <laughs> all's over. 
And if you do that face a lot, then the internet is going to get you. <laughs> right. It's going to get you in the end. But yeah, um, poor bloke. First game in three years and he gets hooked at half time. I mean, yeah, I feel for him. Bless him. Um, all right. Well, the, the title race is certainly worth watching. We're looking forward to that. We, um, we owe an answer to the kit room. I can see over your shoulder, you've got the kit from last week behind you. I loved that kit. What was it? It is uh, Arsenal. And not the Arsenal that we know, but from from Argentina. Who got it right? Neil Roberts, I think, our regular. He always gets it right. Yeah, he seems to be the, the man of the kits. I think there was three people that got it right. J-Boat75 and Nikozip were the other two. Congratulations yeah. to those three. This is not a shirt that you win uh, because Ollie wants it. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, we will be doing another shirt giveaway. There is no surprise shirt this week, um, purely down to the fact that Everything takes a year to get here from England now because of our friends at Brexit. But I have a new delivery arriving today from our brilliant friends at Surprise Shirts. I'll have some great shirts for the rest of the season. They've said that there's some absolute crackers in there. So I'm looking forward to, to opening the package later and seeing what we've got. And that'll be back next week. Yeah, lovely story, Dean. Just to let the, the listeners and viewers know the truth, the delivery is not coming from the Royal Mail. It's coming from one of his players who's on trial at Oldham, who's, <laughs> who's been sent to, to go and try and make it as a professional footballer and bring back five surprise shirts. With Look, what can I say? You know, you have to make the best of the yeah, situation. Yeah, I love it, yeah. All right, Gaffer, yeah, I'll bring the five, the box of five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please concentrate on the football. No, no, no. I need you to go to... <laughs> I love it. What well, can I say? I'm a man of the people, you know. Um, good stuff. What have you got in the tactics room for us this week? The tactics room this week is an interesting one because it's Leicester versus Villa. And we've talked a lot on the show in the past about using the Bet It Right website to look at player values, to look at starting 11s. And this is a game where this is going to be massive. Now, we use it in-house a lot, especially at this time in the season when we're talking about to play for. Now, going into the end of the season, you get that group of teams in the middle of the table who have nothing to play for, start to go on holiday. And there was a perfect example of that last night with Southampton against Burnley. We'll talk about Burnley a little bit later in the show. But those teams that are fine for Europe, those teams that maybe have a new manager with Gerrard lost for on the spin, they want to finish positively. And then you've got Leicester, who are now into the semi-finals of the, of the Conference League, in which you, if you win that, you win 16 million euros and you go into an improved Europa League for next year. So I think that they're taking their foot off the gas in the league. And Fafana and Evans started in the league in the last game. And I think they may get rested this weekend. And this is really the crux of the conversation here. Now, Villa have had no game since the 4-0 defeat against Spurs on the 9th of April, whereas Leicester have had three games in that time. So bet it right users going in, looking at the website, making sure that they're checking the starting 11s and seeing who's playing, because I think that's going to shift the price and that's going to shift the potential bet in this game. Now, Leicester drew 1-1 with Everton on Wednesday night. Richarlison, 92nd minute, uh, 92nd minute goal. And they have been rotating because Fofana and Evans have been coming back from injury and they may be rested here because it's a massive game against Roma and it looks like Rodgers wants to win that. If they are rested and they bring in uh, replacements, whether that's playing... Um, whether that's playing so into in there, whether that's moving players around, changing the formation, then that will really change my angle on this game. Now, if Evans and Fafana do start, I think that they can nullify Watkins and Ings. That 2v2 matchup is positive to, to bring down the goals. I think Albrighton can nullify Digne. 
I think Konza can handle Ian Atro because he likes to come to feet, doesn't really want to run in behind, and that's where Villa can be exposed. And the only real area of exposure I see is potentially Harvey Barnes against Matty Cash. Now, Villa like to have that flat three in midfield, which makes it difficult for Leicester to play in pockets. So there's a few other little kind of subplots around, but really it's about the two centre-halves for me. And when I looked at this game, I really liked the unders. Now, under 2.5 in this game, if Fafana and Evans start. But if Fafana and Evans don't start, we'll probably see the price start to drift. The line may go to 2.75, but I would probably not be interested in unders there because I think Leicester's mind will be on the game against Roma. What I would recommend our better right users do is have a look at the website, look at the potential players coming in, their values, their performances, and the game summaries when other players have played. And then when it comes down to game time, the teams are released. I would look at both teams to score around 1.7, 1.75. That's if Fafana and Evans don't start. If they do start, I would look at the unders with under 2.5 or under 2.75, depending how the price shifts. So a really interesting one from both a tactical angle and from a to play for, which is really important at this time of the season. Yeah, massively. Um, you'll be pleased to know that I transferred in three Le- Le- Leicester players into my FPL, actually. And That's I scored a, st- a collective of one, one and two points between. <laughs> That's re- like, what was the decision? Where, you know, where did you sit down and think, well, this is a good idea? They've got easy, compact, seemingly easy fixes and they've got three double game weeks or two i think it was it, it was a terrible decision mate let's really not dwell on it but anyway because i was really just thinking that which which leicester players have really had good outputs this season on a consistent madison. basis oh is that it madison i think fpl players might say barnes has been all right but Mad- i mean madison's been fair good the rest like up front they've had no vardy obviously like it's a mix of dakari and acho and lookman but yeah, Madison's like consistent and they leak goals. So like their defence is never going to score bang points, are they? So it's a good job that I brought Kasper Schmeichel in. <laughs> For all those FPL players that follow us, don't follow Ollie Bell. Mate, I was leading my league, right? And my league, we, we put a few, you know, it's like a sort of everyone puts 10 quid in or whatever. And there's quite a lot of players and I was leading it. And then I decided to bring in three Leicester players. I've gone from first to about seventh overnight. <laughs> Absolutely ruined it. Anyway, right. That's the tactics we've dealt with. We won't dwell on Leicester. Um, what have you got for the Premier League preview this week? Well, I wanted to talk to you about Burnley and Sean Dyche sacked with eight games remaining. What, what, before we start on the tactics side of things, what, when you saw that, what did you think? Do you think good decision? Do you think no? I thought terrible decision, but I thought there must be something behind the scenes that we don't know about that's led to that because there's no logical reason why you'd do that if there wasn't. Yeah, I completely agree. And there's been a lot of Burnley fans talking about Alan Pace's takeover, the fact that there's a massive sixty million pound loan leveraged against the club, repayments start if they get relegated. And then you look at the squad and you look at the players that are out of contract this summer. And I was amazed to see how many players that they've got under the age of 25. I think it's only two in the whole squad. And they've got 14 players over the age of 30. And you look at the players that are out of contract in the summer. Phil Barsley, 36. Aaron Lennon, 35. Eric Peters, 33. Jack Cork, Dale Stevens, Jay Rodriguez, Ashley Barnes, Ben Mee, all 32. Mateo Vidra and James Tarkowski, 29. So regardless of who comes in and manages, whether they're in the Prem or the Championship, 
it's going to be a totally different Burnley next season. And like you said, there seems to be some stuff going on behind the scenes that, that obviously we don't know about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there just has to be. You're not going to get rid of a manager with eight games left that's like been a sort of cult hero. Well, more than that, he's been a hero, really. Will he, will he get a big job? I don't think he's... I don't think he's going to struggle for work. I think for Sean Dyche, it's going to be about finding a club that fits his profile because I don't think he's going to go in and change massively. I think that's that's his personality and his way of playing. So he just has to find a club that matches. And when I used to work as a, as a consultant for the Premier League, we used to go into clubs and we'd talk to them about their profile as a manager and what they would look for. A lot of clubs don't have a profile. They kind of take who's available some clubs do track managers and, and have a portfolio of managers that would fit their club identity and their club style. And that's why when they sacked Sean Dyche with no manager ready to come in with eight games to go and they put Mike Jackson in charge, Paul Jenkins, Connor King from the academy and from the under-23s and obviously Ben Mee's helping out while he's injured. It was weird that they didn't have someone lined up and we're two games in and there's still no one there. And because of the two games going positive to start with, are they, are they just going to leave those guys in charge? Uh, obviously, they get the 1-1 draw against West Ham and then the 2-0 win last night against Southampton against a team that basically looked like they're on holiday. I think they've got one toe in the ocean, uh, Southampton. So I think the market may overreact to that and that's really why I wanted to talk about the game today. OK, so <clears throat> what are you going for, Wolves then? Well, yeah, this is a game where you've got Burnley struggling all season. I watched the game last night against Southampton and they are definitely looking a little bit freer. They are playing a little bit more. There's a little bit more combination play. They're looking a little bit you know, lively and less kind of linear and less direct, which is good. At home, there'll always be a threat. But then on the flip side, you're looking at Wolves that are challenging for a European place. And yes, Burnley are fighting for relegation, but it's still the same group of players that has them in 18th place. So I thought, well, let's have a look at the price. The goal line is 2.0, which says everything about Wolves. We've talked about them this season. Don't give up a lot of chances. Don't create loads of chances. Very structured. And Burnley have been Burnley for years, don't create loads of chances and are just kind of resolute and don't want to lose. And I looked at the price on Wednesday, Wolves draw no bet was 1.83 and I was going to recommend that. And I thought, well, let's just check the prices again this morning. They've drifted 20 points. They're now 2.03 for Wolves draw no bet. And when I look at that and think, well, they can be quite expansive on the counter attack. They've got pace, they've got quality. They won't commit massive numbers. They're quite organised. I'd have to take them draw no better way at Burnley. Burnley are in 18th for a reason. There'll be a little bit of upswing with the new managerial team, but it's still the same group of players. Wolves in eighth position fighting for Europe. I think a great shout is Wolves draw no better way for 2.03. If you wanted bigger odds and a likely result thinking that it might be a draw and it's going to be a low scoring game, then the draw is available at 3.11, which is an alternative way of looking at this. But yeah, it'll be an interesting game to see if it's the first two games are just that normal bounce that we get sometimes with a new manager. And then after two or three games, it levels off and the players are the players. So it'd be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, definitely. I can't, but yeah, I'm surprised at the price of Wolves there, um, which probably means Burnley will win. But <laughs> <laughs> we just don't, can you just do me a favour? Don't put any Wolves players in your FPL team. And we'll no, no, no. Yes, I, <laughs> I actually have got one. And this sums it up. I put eight Nori in. Well, during a run when he was playing every game and then I put him in, he's never played since, I don't think. They've got Johnny and Marcel. The kiss of death. The kiss of death from Oli Bell. Yeah, it is, literally. If you want a player to go down in value, just look at my FPL. Um, let's go to Europe, shall we? 
going on a couple of stops around Europe. We're going to start in France. Is that right? Yeah, we're having a short weekend break. We're not. We haven't got a week in Europe this weekend. It's just a short weekend break. And first game is in Ligue 1. It's Lille against Strasbourg. Strasbourg, surprise team this year. Uh, beat Rennes, who are in third uh, midweek on Wednesday night, 2-1. To tie them fourth and third in 56 points and chasing that uh, Champions League qualification spot. Lille, fantastic season last year. Manager leaves, one win in seven games. They've only scored 20 goals in 16 games at home, 1.25. They don't concede a lot either, only 1.05 goals at home. But Strasbourg are coming in this off that win against Rennes, unbeaten in 11 games. They've got the fourth best attack away from home behind PSG, Marseille and Rennes, who are the top three. Uh, they don't concede a lot of goals. Best, uh, fifth best defensive record away from home in the league. The totals are 2.25, which similar to the Burnley Wolves game, shows you that it's going to be a tight one and a low scoring game. But you can get Strasbourg on a plus handicap, plus a half at 1.7 or plus a quarter at 1.94. Now for a team that are challenging for third in the league on an amazing run, I think that's again too much value similar to Wolves. So my recommendation would be plus a half if you want a cert to win your full bet on a draw, a little bit riskier, half a half a win on a draw or a full win on a win, plus a quarter at 1.94, Strasbourg in Ligue 1. Okay, and in Italy? We've got a double in Italy this week. Uh, we are going, and I'm not going to talk about Sassuolo because they are now firmly in the bin forever <laughs> after last week. In the bin Basically went to Cagliari and decided that they'd forgotten how to play football and lost 1-0. So they're in the bin forever. We'll see. Uh, first game, Verona. Till next week. Yeah, till next week. Uh, Verona in ninth against Sampdoria in 16th. Terrible season for Sampdoria. Changed managers. Old manager Gianpaolo's come back in. Hasn't really worked out for them. They're seven points above relegation. Verona, great season. Igor Tudor going in. Uh, they've been They've been a revelation. Uh, they're eight points behind qualifying for Europe. So there's still a, a to play for there, as I talked about earlier. Verona, the fourth highest scorers at home. And 13 out of their 16 home games have gone over 2.5. Attacking-wise, they're averaging 1.86 goals at home, which is really positive. And Sampdoria are leaking almost 1.5 away from home and are really looking disjointed and struggling just above that relegation. Good to play for for both teams. It will be lively. Potential bets here for me would be over 2.5 goals. Okay, and the other game? The other game is uh, the Heartbreakers. So Napoli in midweek concede a 92nd minute goal to Roma to draw 1-1 and effectively end their Scudetto chances. And with Lorenzo Insigne already said, already said he's leaving, going to play in the MLS because he gets a nice big fat wage and can sit on his ass for a couple of years. This was really the last chance for them to win the league while he's there and the way that the Italian league's been going this year, Juve not having a great season, Milan stumbling, Inter having a little rocky patch, but coming back into it. This was really a big chance for them. So I've thrown them in this week away at Empoli, who have no win in 16 games. And their last win was actually 1-0 against Napoli away from home, where they were totally dominated and managed to grab, uh, just to grab a goal against the run of play. Now, this weekend, you've also got Inter versus Roma, who are unbeaten in 12. And... You've got Milan-Lazio, and Lazio have lost only two at home in 16. So this is a chance for Napoli to squeeze their way back in, potentially, when last week we thought it was over. It's going to be difficult, but there is a chance here. Now, in the first game, XG was 3.6 across the two teams, 40 shots. 
Uh, Empoli are a team that tends to do well against lower ranked teams and really struggle against the big teams. So when you look at their results this season, they lost 4-2 at home to Milan, 5-1 at home to Sassuolo. Said I wouldn't mention them again, but I have. Lost 4-2 at home to Roma and 3-2 at home to Juve. So this is a game where I do think they can be exposed by Napoli's quality and possession, their ability to combine, and obviously Victor Osman at centre-forward, who's a monster. Uh, Napoli have won 11 and drawn four, only lost one away from home. An unbelievable record, and they do not give up goals. You can get Napoli around minus three quarters at 1.8. They may come in a little bit, so you may be looking at a minus one come match day. But I think Napoli, with the to play for factored in, Empoli's terrible run, their quality of individual players, Napoli to win in an acca, or if you want a single bet, take them on the handicap minus three quarters or minus one. And I think that is a sure thing this week, given Empoli are an absolute mess. Good stuff. Um, top man, as always, Dean, thank you for that. Um, good luck to the better right listeners and viewers with their selections. We'll have a surprise shirts next week. Is that right? Will it be next week? We will. We will have one next week. We have the delivery coming back. Um, obviously, uh, I can't tell you whether the shirts will be uh, a lively one like this, a little bit more of a plain one like a Trabzon sport. But surprise shirts have uh, guaranteed me that there are some absolute gems in there. So I'm looking forward to it. One thing that I did want to mention, uh, a little bonus game, Ollie. I hadn't planned on mentioning this game, but it was kind of on my mind. Uh, in the Bundesliga this weekend, it's Bayern Munich against Dortmund, first versus second. There's four games to go. Bayern have pretty much won the league, but it's a free hit for Dortmund. The two top scoring teams, 89 goals and 76 goals. So... Two unhappy camps, lots of player negotiations, Haaland, not everyone happy with Nagelsmann Champions League. I would say to everybody, if you want a little bonus bet this weekend, the line will be massive. It may even be over four goals, which is ridiculous, but I think that'll be an absolute goal fest. So if you can watch the game at home on the TV, do it. If you can fly to Germany, do it. If you live in Germany, go watch it. But I do think there'll be loads of goals in the German, in the Bundesliga this week, Dortmund, Munich. So a little bonus game for you at the end there. It's just flicked into my consciousness. I mean, what a way to end with a Brucey bonus. Thank you, Dean. Um, <coughs> good stuff. Okay, so we've had previews, bonuses, winners in the kit room, and next week we're going to have a surprise shirt courtesy of hopefully Oldham's newest signing. Yeah, and for on and to finish, remember, guys, if you're only just tuning into this last bit of the show, follow Ollie Bell and never ever pick the players that he uses for his fantasy league team. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> have a great week. We'll see you next time.